Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, that's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. It's Tony on tap. My misery beers. I've got a few of them lined up. We're going to talk about whatever the hell we just witnessed. I've got NWI Steve here tonight. He was there in person. But if you didn't tune into the shellacking of the Chicago White Sox tonight, we're here to break it down for you because that was fucking embarrassing. Steve, you were there in person. I'm mad. Go to ontapsportsnet.com. There's some articles of, of, about the White Sox if you choose to, you know, further in your, uh, I don't even know at this point what the hell's going on. This might be the most mad online White Sox postgame show I ever do in my tenure here at ONTAP Sportsnet. Steve, I'm fucking angry. How are you doing tonight? Hey, yo, Anthony, I'm fucking pissed off. Um, this was an absolute bullshit performance. Talked about this last night with Johnny. You had Zach Greinke on the mound, a guy that you should have lit up like a fucking Christmas tree, and they went out there and they laid another fucking egg. I tweeted this out in the eighth inning of this game. Ten hits, eight singles, two runs. You are not going to fucking win in 2022 with that bullshit fucking stat line. I, I love that we just skip past the initial thoughts here because we're just going to spew them out tonight. I, I, Steve, before we get into all this, I try and stay positive. As a White Sox fan, I've tried to just stay positive on a lot of things. Eventually, the the, the straw that breaks the camel's back starts to creep into play here. I feel like I'm reaching that scenario right now. And I, again, I've tried to stay positive. I don't think I'm full negative Nani on this show. I don't think... I don't think you reach the levels of time. I know just amongst the cast of this show, I think that uh, we, we keep a pretty even keel on some of this stuff. I would say that outside of buzz, I probably lean more positive White Sox than, than anybody else. But at this point in time, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm beaten down. I have no idea what is up i have no idea what is down because i'm spinning you guys did a show last night after the loss there was a bunch of stuff going on in the post game show with ozzy Gian calling out tim anderson tim anderson responding back on twitter telling ozzy Gian to shut the fuck up then you have tim anderson playing pissed off baseball which you like you like to see i think just skipping past some of the you know ins and outs of whatever took place there <laughs> Ozzie Gian elicited a response out of Tim Anderson tonight. He played a good ball game, but you have Lucas Giolito on the mound tonight. 6-2 final against the Kansas City Royals, who you lost to in the second game of the doubleheader yesterday. It's not a good feeling right now because this doesn't get easier, Steve. It, my initial thoughts, this does not get fucking easier. And 
oh man. Steve, I got to turn it to you for a second. I just need a drink. Like, honestly, I, I just, I need to take a drink right now. They have lost four of seven games to the Kansas City Royals. For those of you listening right now, the Kansas City Royals are a dog shit baseball team. Under no circumstances were they expected to be competitive in 2022. The White Sox fancied themselves as a World Series contender. They tried telling everybody that this was a team that was in the heart of their contention window that was going to go out there and bludgeon people to death offensively. Where the fuck is the offense? It is getting, we, we have reached embarrassing levels at this point. And the fact of the matter is, everybody wants to sit there and say, it's May, it's early. Jose Abreu is always a slow starter, this and that. Come up with any fucking excuse that you can. The fact of the matter is this. I lived through 2007. I lived through 2011. I lived through 2013. I lived through 2015. I lived through 2016. I've seen this fucking movie so many goddamn fucking times in my life. I don't, I, I, I seriously, I didn't think I was going to fucking have to see it again here. We were told that this was going to be the best fucking era of White Sox baseball in my life. What the fuck is going on here? Something has to change quickly because I'm getting real fucking irritated here. I flew out here to fucking watch this shit and they go out there and they lay a fucking egg against Zach Granke. What the fuck is this shit? And and I was going to ask you at some point in the show and, and normally, and Steve, you can attest to this before we hop on these airwaves every night and talk White Sox baseball with everybody. We talk about the game. We talk about it. Our group chat tonight was dead fucking silent after the sixth inning, dead silent. When because, Steve and because I hopped on it, because, here, because it's, it's and I said, we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk this out because there's no excuses at this point in time. Like there is none. When the, when, when you've got the post game show fighting with the, 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 the NBC post game show fighting with the team, team can't put shit together in Kansas City. You're going to play the Yankees again. As soon as they went down, days. as soon as they went down three to two, it was fate accompli. That's it. And I, I hate to be that guy. Like, I, I honestly hate to be that guy when I'm sitting there talking to fellow White Sox fans, you know, in group chats, on Twitter. I hate to be that guy to feel like, all right, this team, we're down a run. They're not going to come back in. Because I'm a believer in miracles. Like, I'm a believer in baseball. I want, you know, take, for example, the Field of Dreams game. How many times did that thing go up and down? I'm a believer in miracles. Stay till the last fucking out. I was at the game the Tim Anderson hit that bomb against the Detroit Tigers. And it was one of the only games that I've ever left early. And there were kids involved in the situation. And I was like, this is, you know, it's an early, early season game. It's called whatever. I regret that moment leaving that game because miracles can happen. Miracles can always happen in the game of baseball. You're not out of it until the last out, but when the momentum feels when the momentum feels like this team's out of it because they're down a run in the sixth inning of a ball game and people start shutting it off and heading for the fucking exits, you have a problem with your team. That's a big problem. And it's not just a minority of people. These are people that I'm watching and have, have talked White Sox baseball with Steve on Twitter for years, for years getting upset with the product that's supposed to be at the peak of its performance. And yes, there's a more critical eye right now on this White Sox team. And there should be, there should be a more critical eye on this White Sox team. And you've got people just tuning out in the sixth inning of May baseball. I, again, I will stand up for this team. I will root for this team every day, every, every day. If they're 
10 games out of it. The last game of the season, I'm still going to watch all nine innings of it because I'm a White Sox baseball fan, and that's just what the fuck I do. But at the end of the day, right now, this is the most frustrated that I have been with White Sox baseball in years. Absolute years. And it's it's very simple. Problem. It's very simple why, Anthony, because, again, we were told this was supposed to be the peak. This was supposed to be the golden age. This was supposed to be the best of times. Okay, so let's let's take this. This was supposed to be what all the bullshit in 2017, 2018 and 2019 was for. But Steve, let's let's take, for example, the metaphor that Steve wanted to use. And I have defended Steve on this show plenty of times. It takes five years to build a house, Steve, right? Okay. So we've endured as White Sox fan the long building process in this economy. And we get into our house and it's filled with fucking mold. That's how I feel. It's filled with fucking mold. I have you know no idea that how signifies it. You know, that's a great that's a great metaphor, Anthony, because then that just signifies that your contractors that you had didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Well, what should the contractors have done, Steve? Because that's the only metaphor that I can go with right now. I moved into a house and it's filled with fucking mold. I need I need an exterminator. I need somebody to come in here and shake shit up. I, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of things that this they were talking about on the postgame show tonight. Like Tony La Russa didn't show up right away to his normal press conference time. Was there a clubhouse meeting tonight? He pointed out the offense, and he's a guy that normally defends his guys. He pointed out the offense needs to figure it out, and we're going to go guy by guy. There is There are some alarming red flags right now mm-hmm. even for me and i i feel like it's it's really easy to just sit here and say i can be blowing hot air on here steve i i hope you back me up on this it's really hard to get me this amped up on a post game show about this white Sox team because i love them i love the white Sox. it's really hard for me to sit here and say okay now when you were telling me two weeks ago that there's something off and I was like, nah, I just this hasn't just been ride. two. Tony, this hasn't just been two weeks. This has been two. It's been almost two months now. Going into the last week of spring training, even before Lance Lynn fucked his knee up, I've said in the group chat, and everybody told me I was crazy then that something felt off with this group. And see, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, Steve. There is still the time to fix it. And yeah, that's, there, that's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's still there's, the time to fix sure, it. There's still sure, the time to fix it. I, I sure. remain optimistic about that tonight as we sit here on what is it, May 18th. I'm pissed. I'm mad. And I can totally tell that there's something off here. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. I'm mad. I'm not even trying to hide it at this fucking point in time. I'm mad. I'm pissed off. Something is not right. We sat here on Sunday and talked about, is it time to fire Frank Menachino? If you, if you're going somewhere right now, Steve, I I don't care. Fire somebody. Head's got to roll. You've got to change something up. You have to do something with this team to like make people feel accountable for what's going on. And maybe it's lack of accountability. Maybe this, this, this clubhouse doesn't have it. I can point to the lack of fun. And it's really sad because, you know, people who want to play the stack game are going to eat me up on this one. Where's Billy Hamilton right now, smiling and laughing in the fucking dugout and riling guys up. Where, where is, where is your, like Lance Lynn not being with the team for a significant period of time, probably affected some of this. You've got him going on the broadcast last night, talking about, you know, how Ethan Katz is only here to help Lucas Giolito be where he needs to be at certain times. Those are jokes. 
and I'm going to read way too much into it. That to me says they're catering to someone within the organization. And I'll call that out right now. It feels like they're catering to certain individuals that builds resentment and that can cause issues. I know it firsthand. I've seen it happen in organizations before. There's weird things going on. I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm pissed off. There's obviously something going on in that clubhouse. There were rumors going back a couple of weeks ago about something happening in Cleveland when the losing streak started. I, you know, a lot of it wasn't substantiated. A lot of it was just kind of hearsay and things from people on, on Reddit forums. But some of these people have had info in the past. And you know as well as I do, and I, look, I've been on teams that fucking hated each other. Granted, they weren't at the major league level. Yes, I know there's a significant difference there. But teams in high school, summer ball, college, very clicky, just lack of cohesiveness. That shit can eat a team from the inside and it can do it very quickly. And this is this is the part where it bothers me, Steve, is because last year, one of the reasons I believed personally as a baseball fan that they had the ability to pull some shit off is because I saw the cohesiveness. I saw them breaking out the family shirts. I saw random TikToks of the guys hanging out with Tony LaRusa. I like I saw the fun. I saw the smiles. Talk about body language. What do you observe with the guys right now? It's they look, night and they day. look fucking it is, lifeless. It is night and day different than your 2021 Chicago White Sox, and there's something wrong there. And the only thing I can start to think of is who are guys that are gone right now? Carlos Rodon, one, like prime target. Yeah, he holds together your rotation, but your problems right now are not with your starting rotation. In fact, if anybody's shown up, it's been your starting rotation more than you can ask for. So I'm going to eliminate the Carlos Rodon isn't the clubhouse problem. Billy Hamilton. Here's a guy that maybe didn't play every day, made some spectacular stuff happen, played baseball because he loved baseball and had fun. Maybe that's an energy that's contagious to be around. Garrett Crochet, a guy that wore a SpongeBob backpack out to the bullpen every day. This sounds fucking dumb because you're not going to find it on a stat sheet. You won't. You won't find this on a stat sheet. But Here's a guy who's around the club who's loose, who's having fun, who's just a kid, who just wants to be on a major league baseball field. And if you haven't seen him around the team, maybe that's been a little more held down. There's a couple other names that are out there, Steve, too. But in the grand scheme of things, like something drastic had to have happened within this organization to change the amount of fun. Because I'm, I'm grasping at straws trying to find the guy who you're saying he was here last year and it is not now. Was Cesar Hernandez like a huge clubhouse guy? Brian Goodwin? I haven't Goodwin? heard that. Brian Goodwin? I don't know. Like that's what I'm like. That's what I'm trying to grasp at right now because the eliminations here outside of Billy Hamilton, clubhouse guy, I don't know what it was. But I mean, he wasn't even was, – was he with the team the full year last year? He, he had stints where he wasn't around. Yeah. So like what – had to have happened here amongst the group and i'm really trying to figure that out there seems like there's a disconnect and maybe i'm going down a rabbit hole but i don't know if anybody i don't know if anybody can figure it out right now it's one of those things that is just simply unexplainable right now i know a lot of people don't want to 
think about this or don't want to consider this because of the fact that he went directly to Jerry the last time he was in a contract situation here. But is it entirely possible that maybe there's a disconnect between the Sox organization and Jose Abreu right now, who's in the last year of his contract? Is it possible that that is something that is weighing on him that has caused him to get off to the slow start that he's been on this year? I know I've personally been we're throwing some... out hypotheticals and we're, I just we, want to we highlight are. that we're we are. throwing we out are. hypotheticals here because the state of the socks is bad. You and know, that I, leads, I've... that leads people to question things. We're going to question them right here on socks on tap. Yeah. And you know, I've been hearing some things through the grapevine that Yasmani Grandal is not a happy camper about a, a, a couple of different things right now. And you know, is that impacting his piss poor performance to this you know, start of the season here, it's entirely possible. You have all these different guys right now with all these different variables that you're counting on to be main contributors here, and they're not getting the job done. And then you factor in the injuries. You factor in Eloy destroying his hamstring again. You factor in Andrew Vaughn getting hit and missing two weeks, and then now all of a sudden since he's come back, he hasn't looked the same. So you have this snowball effect of things that are happening right now you have this this collective ball of shit that is just rolling downhill at this juncture and I, you look at it you look at this group on paper and say that they should be near the top of the american league in run scored and then you look at the fact that you compare where they were at this time a year ago they have like 50 or 60 fewer walks than they had at that point, which in turn has translated to 50 or 60 fewer runs scored. That shit matters. There's a, so, there is a significant disconnect. Something is going on with this group right now. And again, we're, we're not going to know. They're going to keep that shit in-house. They keep so much of it internal. They're very good about not letting things leak. Once in a while, something will get out onto a Reddit forum, if you and you really have to dig for it. In a lot of cases, or or on Socks Talk, sometimes something will will get on there. But they try, like with every fiber of their being, to keep everything close to the vest. Hey, and public image. I'll, I'll say this: public image is important. It's important. You can try and keep that stuff close to the vest. But, uh, dude, I don't have any other explanation for this somewhat collapse of of a really good team but if you if you kind of date back the second half of last year was not all roses okay okay no so so look let's go so down let's I'm, go I'm down trying to, i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out where this happened because the second half of last year was not all roses give me one second i gotta find a tweet here yeah we're, we're trying to get to the bottom of this i'll i'll just try and eat some airtime for you here, Steve. But like, this is where I'm, I'm trying to just dig for where, where something may have potentially gone wrong with this team. I, I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here because. Okay. Here, man, here, it's, here, it's here, terrible. here okay. you go. Here's Steve. Here's one for you. Okay. In 2021. Okay. Before the all-star break, this team averaged 5.12 runs per game. After the all-star break, in 2021, they averaged 4.66 runs per game. So they were down a half a run in the second half of last year. Now this year, three and a half per game. So they are down. <laughs> they're down over a run and a half since 
the All-Star break of last year. There's a significant disconnect that is happening so offensively if, with if, this group. If I'm going to investigate this further, I'm going to go start to look at individual players within this lineup and start to ask questions on who has decreased productivity. And I, I would just, I don't have the stats in front of me, but Jose Abreu is probably prime suspect number one. Jose Abreu would definitely be prime suspect number one. Um, you know, yeah, Yasmani Grandal was hitting everything in sight in the second half of last year, but he has looked atrocious to this point. Well, how would you feel season. if Reese McGuire was getting most of the starts in front of you? I'd be pissed too. Okay. So, so there's that has to be factoring into this. But another thing that I don't feel like people are talking about, and I know that a certain portion of the fan base that hates he has is going to look at this as excuse making, but the fact of the matter is he did have to have another knee surgery over the winter and then the lockout happens. And so now all of a sudden you can't do your rehab with team doctors at team facilities and people can sit there and say all they want that, Oh, you know, find out what you need to do through back channels and, and this and that. And, you know, you're a professional athlete, you have resources to be able to go out and, and get, these are people. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, they're people, baseball players are creatures of habit. Yes. And that's, you know, and that's that's the other thing. Like they're creatures of habit. They want, you know, they want to do things their way. I think that that kind of weighs into everything else too, with the with the whole clubhouse thing. Like, what changed? Where's the fun? I don't know where the fun it, is. That it, was my it, only my only takeaway from this is this team lacks fun. It's a chicken Loosen or the up. egg situation. It's chicken or the egg situation. What comes first, fun or winning? Winning or fun? Maybe start having fun. Like I, I guess at this point, start having fun. Start having fun, because Steve, at this point, it, you're not winning baseball. Like even some of the wins haven't been fun. No, but so you have to figure out a way to have fun with this. Start loosening up. This could go as deep as like our our players pissed off with the direction of the social media team. If you want to get really fucking crazy with it, like I, I don't know how to solve this. But to me, it it looks like lack of fun, lack of gelling. Like Frank Thomas was talking about it on the on the NBC post game show. Like this team needs to gel, and they need to gel now. Steve, as as the biggest user of air gel that I know, how does this team gel in the next week here? Because they have to figure it out, as Frank Thomas said. <laughs> if I had the answer to that. Um... I'd be able to quit my day job and, and I would be able to channel all of my mental energies into fixing a baseball team that is trying to ruin my fucking life right now. But I'm not smart enough to have that answer. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I just looked at something really fascinating. Anthony, can you tell me when the last time was that the Sox won a game by more than four runs? It's got to be like last year, right? <laughs> The third game of the season, the Sunday in that Detroit. I wasn't even giving them the benefit of the doubt. No. So the Sunday in Detroit, when we were in the garage having a nice little family Sunday, that was the last time. Steve, we might need to have another family Sunday. We got to fix the mojo. You're talking about gels. We got to we got to figure it out here. We got to figure it out. Maybe we need another family Sunday to uh, right the ship, you know, so to speak. I'm a superstitious guy. I know you're a superstitious guy, but. Uh, 
sometimes we just gotta, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. Sometimes we just gotta figure out how to make that happen. Put people in the same places as they were when it happened. Yeah, I just something's got to give, and something's got to give quickly here. Because, like you said, you go into Yankee Stadium this weekend, and just think about this. I'm really upset. Wait, no, that we're wait, going wait, into Yankee wait, Stadium. About, this wait, think, think about this. As bad as this team is playing right now, they are on an island Sunday night. No other game happening. The eyes of the entire baseball world are going to be on this fucking shit show. Think about that for a minute. So are you your full Southside clown show at this point in time? What, what else? What else can it be described as at this at this juncture? Is I don't there, know. I was just, I'm just wondering where you're at, like within your uh, your 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 Twitter bio. Like this is this is full Southside clown show. We're not we're not fully there yet, but I'm going to be honest with you. The door is opening. The door is opening. The, I don't. The, I don't want to be in this in this place right now. I you don't think I, I want to be. I in do this not place? want to be in this place right now. Someone comes to save me. Like mom, come pick me up. I'm scared at this point. Uh, Steve, An- Anthony, you might get you might get a scary Big Brother experience for the first time in your life here if this shit doesn't uh, improve quickly. <sighs> you know, eh, things happen. I've got I've got enough Budweiser to hold me over at this point. Um. <laughs> Steve, I, let's let's talk uh, just a few game notes uh, through here. Uh, Lucas Giolito uh, didn't have his stuff tonight, but he still had a decent enough start that I thought that a White Sox offense of this ilk could win. Any thoughts on Lucas Giolito from tonight's ballgame? So I was sitting about um, 10, 12 rows behind the plate today, so I had a very good view of – Lucas today and the fact of the matter is he just had no command of anything. Um, eight days off of his last start against the Indians. It's very obvious that that layoff had some impact on him because he was not in a rhythm the entire night, just wasn't able to command much of anything, was falling behind in counts with regularity. And even against a team like the Royals, that's going to cause problems. For you. Could you have thrown more strikes than Lucas Giolito tonight if you were out there on uh, me personally? On short, short rest, a couple poor cot dogs. Man, that's... is it the KC food that's eating them up now? I don't, I don't know if it is because I'm going to tell you, I had some phenomenal barbecue earlier today, and that was really the saving grace of of this little Wednesday here. I had to venture across the state line into Kansas for a little bit for some actual work meetings and such. Um, and boy, let me tell you, came back and we're definitely not in Kansas anymore. All right. So yeah, we got to figure that one out. So you, you were, you, you were okay with Lucas outside of the fact that he was missing the zone or are you, it, it was good. It was okay good. It was good enough to beat a dog shit team. And that's what should have happened tonight. He gave, okay. up, he gave up two runs in five innings. That should be enough to beat that team fair felt the same way throughout the whole entire thing steve uh moving on from that you had a, a, a tim anderson show on offense and defense tonight is he riled up right now i would say so it's obvious that this whole little spat with ozzy 
last night and everybody trying to turn this into something that uh, I'm let's be real about this. This really should not be this big of a fucking deal here. The fact that we're talking about this, I think is just emblematic of how off this team is because if this team is finding a way to win some baseball games and actually put together quality offensive performances more than once every two and a half weeks, it's a non-story, but because of the fact that this team consistently struggles to score more than three runs a night. This is the bullshit that we have to listen to. Steve, I wholeheartedly agree and fully endorse ex- like just everything you said there. Sox win last night. You don't have that discussion in game two. That doesn't happen. There's frustration. When there's frustration, there's emotion. And when there's emotion, things get out. Just start to talk when there's motion and I feel like that's just what you saw last night on twitter.com uh but Steve outside of that one hit that I really enjoyed tonight was watching AJ Pollock take a ball and pull it down the left field line for a double that's two nights in a row that's two nights in a row I feel like that's enough for me to sit there and say if you're looking for somebody to come in and, and I'll look at the dynamics behind this whole entire thing, this white Sox offense is scuffling. We're the most upset we've ever been on a socks on tap post game show. AJ Pollock is new to this clubhouse. It takes a little bit of time to fit in with a new group. It takes a little bit of time to settle into a new job. AJ Pollock's on a new job. One thing that I want to see that could potentially turn this around I'm just going to try and speak it into existence. AJ Pollock take over the team from a veteran leadership standpoint. That guy's got a little rough around the edges. He's not quite Adam Eaton, in my opinion, in that regard. But he seems like the type of guy, himself, Joe Kelly, Liam Hendricks, we need the vocalness back. We need the energy of Lance Lynn back. I want to see some energy from AJ Pollock because I know he has it in him. There was a game earlier this year where they played some Arizona Diamondbacks, like clips of stuff that they did around AJ Pollock, where they talked about him, like just being this alpha dominant guy. That's never wrong. Comes into the clubhouse. I want the white Sox to really get into the AJ Pollock mentality of we're not wrong. We're doing this. And I feel like for your big trade acquisition, the guy that you bring in for Craig Carroll, I haven't had enough of AJ Powell, and I feel like maybe that's a marketing thing. Maybe that's because he starts out slow all the time. But he has the ability to have that south side attitude, that guy who's just going to show up and be a little scrappy. I feel like at this moment in the AJ Pollock era of the Chicago White Sox, He's really a non-factor. I want him to be a factor. I want him to be a guy that can help turn this exact thing around. Steve, do you have any comments there? They absolutely need him to get going. He was one of their biggest off-season acquisitions. And the fact of the matter is he has started so incredibly slow this year that it's kind of just fueled this fire of, oh, here we go again. Another veteran guy coming to the Sox and he's, career is just going to crater. So all of that negativity is now permeating around him, around this organization again. Hopefully these last two days are the catalyst and the springboard to get him going again to ultimately quiet all that bullshit 
quiet the noise and just get out there and get back to playing consistent baseball. We know this is a quality veteran major league player. The hope is just simply that these last two days are ultimately the thing that's going to get him going again here. And if you have someone else besides Tim and besides Luis providing a level of offensive consistency, maybe then just maybe some of the other dominoes can start to fall. Love it, Steve. I've got one last question for you, and then we'll head on out of here. If you're Johnny Cueto, and this is your first weekend with the White Sox, how are you feeling right now? Johnny Cueto seems like a very happy-go-lucky guy, so I find it hard to believe that that anything is going to bring him down. So he's just going to go out there, and he's going to be ready to take the ball in New York. As it stands right now, he's probably going to be the guy that's going to be throwing Sunday night on ESPN with the eyes of the, of the baseball world watching him, and I think he wants that. I think he wants that too. Hey, pony rides for everybody at Johnny Cueto's farm. Uh, Steve, we've got more White Sox baseball tomorrow. Why don't you tell us what the White Sox have on tap, and then we will get on out of here after we give some picks to clicks and predictions for tomorrow's game. I don't even want to get to that point, so tell me – What's going to happen tomorrow here, Steve? Well, we got Vinny Velo on the mound. Um, look, just you got to go out there. You got to throw strikes. Carlos Hernandez taking the mound for the Royals. He's actually had a couple of really dominant starts against the Sox in the last two years, but he's gotten shelled early on this season. He's got a 9.11 ERA. This is a guy that the Sox should be able to handle, but we've been saying that for weeks now. Vinny's just got to go out there. He's got to do what he did against the Ginger Sox and against the Angels. He's got to throw strikes. He's got to work in that breaking ball. Got to have some good quality depth to it. This Royals offense is still very, very anemic. I know they got a little glimpse of the future tonight with Bobby Witt Jr. and with MJ Melendez doing what they did. Those are two guys that are really going to be building. It's really blocks. hard to beat guys that have a mullet. <clears throat> it is. Um, but, I mean, let's just – you just look up and down this Royals lineup. Who who there scares you? The guy with the mullet. I mean, find a fucking way. Find a way to win a fucking baseball game, win a series, get on the goddamn plane, and go to New York. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you have to fucking use two sacrifice bunts, which offends my baseball sensibilities on so many different levels. If that that's what you hours. have to do. These are scary hours. Steve's advocating for bunts. On I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not advocating for it. But I'm saying if that's what it fucking takes to scratch a run across the plate to get a win, I don't care at this point. Because if I get back on that fucking plane tomorrow night and fly back here, fly back to Chicago – after losing this series, I'm going to be one pissed off son of a bitch. I'll tell you that. Nobody wants that, especially the family. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be absolutely mad. insufferable. Even nobody more than wants to see. Nobody wants to see Steve mad. You know, it's just not good for anybody. Steve, uh, we talked a little bit about what's what's on tap for the White Sox. You got to pick the click for tomorrow. Um, Pick the click for tomorrow. I'm going to say uh, Kansas City Joe's Barbecue because that's where I'm going for lunch. I'm going Ken Wo for life. You son of a bitch. That's my pick to click tomorrow. Ken Wo for life. He's going to find a way to get in there and, and just annoy you just a little bit tomorrow. I'm oh, going so he's going to continue. Bre- he's going to continue breathing. 
I'm gonna I'm I'm going Kenwell for life with my my pick to click for, for tomorrow. That's that's my pick to click. I don't. It, I feel like I'm about to get murdered, um, wow. Steve. Wow. This was a great show. Hey, sometimes drastic uh, situations call for drastic measures. Bring back Alex Colomay. Cocktats are for closers. Steve, do you have anything else? Yeah. Next time I see him, I'm going to jackknife power about you through a fucking table. Hey, White Sox forever, man. White Sox for life. <laughs> <laughs>